Welcome back to Career Talk. I'm Cole Sperry, Managing Editor over here at OptumCareers.com. And today, I'm sitting down with Alexis Scott, Senior Manager of Growth Marketing at a company called WorkSpan. And today, we're going to talk about her transition from sales into marketing. And we're also going to talk about something really important about how we get more women into sales and marketing roles because the statistics show that there aren't very many. So Alexis, thank you for joining me today. And would you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about what WorkSpan does? Thank you to anyone who is watching this right now. WorkSpan is a partnership software, so it enables companies to co-sell, which I'm learning what this all means and the functionality. But basically, we make sales cycles shorter, we enable the transfer of data much quicker, and we make partner people's lives much easier with our software. Um, my title is Senior Manager of Growth Marketing, but really my focus is on community building and content creation. So tapping into my native geniuses and just kind of helping them grow. That sounds super exciting. I know you're excited to make the shift from sales into marketing. I'm sure you're just hitting the ground running. I brought you on today because I wanted to talk about something really specific. When we look at the statistics of women in tech, and on the surface it looks like things are going pretty strong, like 49% or something, but when you really dive into those BLS stats, and you probably know this, you start to realize that travel agents and cashiers and everybody else are in the mix in that number when they give it to you. But when we look at just B2B tech sales, we find that the numbers are like between 16% and 30% of those jobs being held by women. And I wanted to ask, has this been your experience as well in the companies that you've been a part of? Because you've been a part of several really great tech companies. So it's interesting that you bring this up. At Aspireship, I did not feel it in the sense that, you know, I felt like, gosh, I'm the only woman in the room, right? I never felt that way. And interestingly, the companies that we partnered with were very female forward. They were excited to hire women candidates. And I think it was like, I can't, don't quote my stats, but I want to say it was something like over 50% of our grads who were hired were actually women. Interestingly enough, they were not men. So that was a huge, very proud statistic that we were enabling and uplifting women to get into software sales. Massive win. Additionally, when I was in that role, I also made it a very big point to be a part of women in sales communities. Very near, very dear to my heart. You know, again, that sisterhood, that lifting each other up, helping each other progress, learn all of those great things. So in that instance, I didn't feel it. Now that I am out of that environment and I am like the outside looking in, it is very interesting. So I notice, like right now there's a lot of sales kickoff pictures going around, right? Like it's sales kickoff season. Heavy male dominance in these sales teams when you look at them. Additionally, I am now in the like tech partnerships world with WorkSpan. And I'm speaking from my own experience, but I do feel that this partnership space and, you know, to some degree, that kind of older way they called it was like channel alliances. They're kind of rebranding and calling it more partnerships ecosystem. but that space feels very heavily male-dominated to me. Now, I am looking for women's groups that I can join to meet other women in the space so that we can connect and grow and all of that stuff. But just as kind of a newbie, heavy male presence, for sure. From your perspective, in anyways, why do you think that there aren't 
more women in some of these tech sales roles. Is there anything you think that is a turn off or is it a stereotype, an education issue? I'm just curious what your thoughts are. How do we get here? But- right. You no, know, it's intimidation. Like it's a little bit intimidating to be the only woman on a team. That's just a fact. To be the only of whatever vacation it is can be a little uncomfortable. And interestingly, statistics show that women are actually better at sales than men. So don't forget that. Despite that, it's creating that openness and welcoming and what have you. And unfortunately, I do think there is a lot of that stereotypical bro culture that I don't know any woman who wants to be a part of. And so when you sniff a whiff of that, it's like, no, thank you. I don't necessarily need this opportunity. Well, one way that I've described it in the past is kind of like a Wolf of Wall Street movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of the image that a lot of of us have, you know, lingering around, right? And that's, yeah. I I mean, even for some men, you know, it's not something that really I'm, that we're interested in. Depending on personality type, for sure. Particularly sales, you know, it is such a demanding occupation, very rewarding. I was in sales for many, many years, and there is a lot of great things to be said and done in sales, but it's a hard job. And that's ultimately why I'm not in sales anymore. It's mentally exhausting. It's challenging. And then particularly in this market, it is one of the hardest jobs you can have right now is tech sales. A year and a half ago, it was one of the best jobs you could have. So, you know, riding the wave. Right. On LinkedIn, you've kind of taken on, I don't know what you call it, I can't remember, but the fairy job mom, kind of, you know, just Just trying to help other people and make introductions in that spirit. If you were looking for a new job or to break into a new industry such as tech, and maybe it's not sales, maybe it's even marketing, which mm-hmm. is probably more similar, I think, to what you're doing yep. today. What would you say has helped you stand out from, from everyone else? Yeah. Relationships. Relationships. Are, I just, I literally just had this conversation this morning with someone who I've known through LinkedIn for three-ish years now. And I just told her, you know how to do this. You've done it before because we lived through layoff, you know, so we've been there. We've done this. We've looked, we've searched, we've felt the pain of a crappy market. People are everything in your search. That saying, it's all who you know. I would say for 75% of jobs, that is this, the case, particularly in a market like this. Now, I'm not saying you need to know these people right now. But you need to meet them because they are going to be the key to your success. So what I told her was double down on community. Where do the people that you want to be like hang out? Go there. Hang out there. Make conversations with them. Become friends with them. Become who you want to be. Have conversations with people. Don't be creepy. Don't be weird. Don't ask for things. Just have conversations. Be nice. Make them interested. Interested in them. Ask questions. The other thing is a very common mistake that is so easily overcome, like so easily overcome. So when you are a job seeker and you're wanting to start this conversation, right? So number one is always, if you see a posting you like, but detective work, try to figure out who the hiring manager is. Like that's number one. If you can figure that out, awesome, right? So that's step one. So you're like sleuthing. You're, you're trying to figure out, okay, who's in this team, this department? You're asking other people in the team, in the department, like, hey, do you by any chance know who the hiring manager is? Like, you're just doing your homework. 
let's say you figure it out. So now you have your target. You have your hiring manager. You're ready to start that conversation. Three things. Number one, short blurb of why you're interested in the role. Why does this entice you? Like, what is exciting about this opportunity for you? Second thing, which is multiple things, is a couple bullet points of why you're qualified. Third thing is your resume. Attach your resume to the message so they don't have to ask you for S-H-I-T, right? Ask, and then say, like, would love to learn more if you're open to it. Would love to have a conversation, however you want to end it. But you do not want to have them work for anything. Make it as easy as possible for them to say yes. Front load. Give them everything they could possibly ask for you. Even You could even go so far as to say, if you have any availability next Tuesday or Thursday or whatever, like would love to chat. But harder you make it for someone, the less likely they are to reply to you. So everything that you can do in that message, in that one message, because you get one shot at this message, make it good, make it count, and don't make it creepy. What I love about what you just said was everything that you laid out parallels, at least in my mind, the same things that happen in a sales or even a marketing. 100%. You are selling yourself. And so by doing it that way, you're almost showing what you're capable of Mm -hmm. in the role that you're after. For sure. Yeah. And that is a job search is you selling yourself. I don't care what profession it is, sales or not, you know, unless recruiters are knocking down your door, you have to go out and find those opportunities. You have to close the deal, which means get hired. And so put your salesperson hat on. And I, I don't know how many people hate that, right? But I don't care. It is the truth. You have to. And it's, again, it goes back to sales. It has highs and it has lows. You know, like it's some of it's fun and some of it's not so fun. But if you want to get hired, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Well, I think part of the reason how people don't like that, it's a sales role. I think part of that, that dislike, that feeling, that heartburn, that you're coming back up as you're thinking about it, stems from what we talked about earlier, these inaccurate stereotypes of what a successful salesperson really looks like. Because it's not sure. about selling and getting one over on, on anybody you were, or necessarily closing in the essence of what we think of like when we go to a car dealership, right? You know, it's about solving problems and helping people. How do we align what I can do and what you need done? And very similar to marketing as well in some aspects there. I think that inaccurate stereotype, we need to do, all of us need to do a better job at changing, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. It's part of why people don't like that. Because when you look at it the other way, it's it's not that bad. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either, but. It's a match or it's not. And that's okay. I'll move on. Exactly. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey, at least what you're willing to share with us from going from a spireship more in a sales role to a marketing role at WorkSpan and just the similarities that you kind of leveraged to make that yeah. leap. Some of the frustrations, because it's not an easy change, right? To go. Oh, it's different. Similar, it is but different. <laughs> and not yeah. the same. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and the other thing too is I went from a seed stage company to a series C. So very different company size, resources, what have you. So to give you a little backstory, I was at Aspireship. Aspireship is a company that trains people on software sales and then helps them get hired with incredible software companies. My role at Aspireship was essentially recruiting sales. I was finding companies who wanted to hire our graduates, wanted to partner with us. I was very successful in that role. I built our partnerships 
round numbers from about five to 155 in the, in my tenure, all pretty much through relationships and connections. I mean, I was not sending cold emails. I was talking to people, 100%. About a year and a half in, I started to get tired. Not tired of our mission. Still, to this day, very job mom, very passionate about our mission or their mission. I still love them tremendously. But I knew I didn't want to sell anymore. And that was kind of this aha of like, how am I going to approach this when I'm at an organization with a mission that I am so incredibly attached to, a team that I love tremendously, and customers who I also love tremendously and had incredible relationships with. So it felt like a really hard thing to do to leave. And I knew my relationship with my boss and I, I just did not want to pop up one day and be like, peace out, here's my two weeks. Like that did not feel right to me. We were very close. And so I had a conversation with her and I just kind of explained what I was feeling and thinking. And, you know, she was respectful of that, encouraged me. It was a very good breakup. We are still close friends for context. Now, then the big question became, what do I want to do? Oh, Lord. So that was the whole thing. And I consider myself a multi-potentialite. If you have not heard that word, go to YouTube and search it. You'll find 10 talks about it. But basically, someone who can do and likes to do a lot of things. I have been in sales. I've been in marketing. I am obsessed with talent acquisition and recruiting. Um, thought perhaps I could be a chief of staff because I am so diverse and can do many things. And so I just started kind of researching, but I refused to put myself in a box. I was like, absolutely not. I had FOMO, right? Like, I do not want to miss out on any opportunities. So I am not going to pick a lane. I'm going to drive like zigzag through the freeway and, and pray that something happens. To anyone with I cannot tell you enough. That was the biggest mistake in my search and why it lasted so long. I had a conversation the other day with a woman on LinkedIn about this. I asked her what she wanted to do. She told me three things. I said, pick one. She came back and said, but I can do all these things. And I said, I don't care. Pick one. Because once you pick that one, you can tailor everything. You can become that ideal candidate. You will transform and you will get hired. And I promise you, you will get hired if you do this. So caveat. Anyway, that made my search stretch forever, quite frankly. Well, what, what felt like forever. So I got to the final rounds of quite a few roles. I want to say like five or something. And it was consistently like, we love you, but we went with someone with more experience. That got old really quick. I was getting really frustrated. And they were, again, for all different types of roles. So we had recruiting. We had a director of customer success. We had a partnerships role. It was like the whole gamut, right? I had gotten a free ticket to Saster, which is a sales conference convention, whatever you want to call it. And I had been in software sales. So it was like a big convention with all my friends. It was super fun. I had like a group of people that I was with. I was nervous because I was unemployed. I didn't have a team. They became my team and really my agents. And I put the kind of realm of opportunities that I wanted. So I put like marketing, communications, and social media or something like that. It was an incredible conversation starter. It piqued a lot of interest. And I also had the creative idea to do a swag rating campaign. So I wanted to show my creativity. I wanted to show my ability to evangelize on social media, because that's what I think I'm really good at, which kind of sales, kind of marketing, right? Depending on the company. So at Saster, there's a gentleman who I knew from social media, essentially, and I got to meet him. And it was at a happy hour and I see him and it's, you know, big, oh my God, I finally get to meet you. This is amazing, you know? And so he looks at me and he goes, okay, so what do you want to do? And I said, 
well, I'm kind of, and I'm like hemming and hawing. He goes, stop. I'm going to ask you one more time. What do you want to do? And so I told him in a, in a much shorter version and he goes, oh, okay. So content and community. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, content and community. That's all you need to say. Stop with the hemming and hawing. There's your answer. And it was like this aha moment, transformational moment where I could clearly articulate to people what I wanted to do. And I came home from that conference. I changed my LinkedIn. I made it focused. I made it tailored. And I put it into the dang universe that I wanted a role that involved content and community. And guess what happened? I was hired one week later. I had a job offer. So the way I got that job offer is also very interesting. Power of Relationships. Workspan actually had a partnership with Aspireship. So I was helping their sales team hire salespeople. And two of the account executives that they hired two Aspireship graduates as account executives. And one of them is pretty active on LinkedIn as well now. Great advocate for the brand. I knew he was super happy at the company. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Good. We love that. All of a sudden I get a message from Chip Rogers, who is Workspan's CMO now. And, you know, he said, hey, I got your name from Nick and he spoke very highly of you. I'm scoping out this role. It's going to involve content and community. Is this something that you would be interested in? And I'm going, what is going on right now? Oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And so um, lo and behold, I met with him and he too was like, what do you want to do? And I, I explained what I wanted to do. And I had a job offer in a week. But he would have never even known I existed. Had I not had that relationship with Nick, had Nick not seen me consistently on LinkedIn, had we not been in that same community, like all the pieces come together when you make that effort and you build those bonds and relationships. So that's how I got where I am. And, you know, my role is kind of fluid right now. Like we're working through what exactly it looks like and the projects kind of where my native genius is, where I can add the most value. But excited to learn and grow. And as far as the differences between sales and marketing, I would say my number one challenge is in sales, like you own your results. Like as a salesperson, you have your goal. You need to figure out what it takes to get to that goal. Whereas in marketing, so much of the work that we do lies on other people, data from other people, information from other people, conversations with other people, connections. Well, if I need to have a conversation with a customer, the best way to go about doing that is to get a warm introduction from our sales team, someone who's been dealing with them. So it's not like me out of the blue being like, great, I need to interview a customer. I'm going to book them on Friday. The customer's going, who are you? So it just there's just a lot more working pieces to that puzzle that are required to run smoothly for me to effectively like get the result that I'm going for. Whereas in my experience in sales, it's much more of like a one man kind of show or woman. Great. You need to sell X. You figure it out. You own that number. I'm going to get out of your way, but you own it. If you don't get there, that's your fault, right? right? So it's just, it's a very different experience. And like, you just truly understand why some job descriptions have that whole cross-functional collaboration. If you are in marketing and you cannot cross-functionally collaborate, you will fail. I promise. There are differences and I've been in sales roles as well. And it's true, right? You own, it's your desk. It's almost yep. like your, your company, right? right. I mean, you could almost think of it that way. <laughs> You're responsible totally. for the success. You got some support here and there, but ultimately yeah. you run it how you need to run it and you pull in what you need. Exactly. To pull in. And marketing being, as you said, more collaborative. If I was in sales today, 
watching this video, listening yeah. to this on a podcast, what are the transferable skills that I should focus on that I'm doing right now that then I could leverage into making that pivot into a marketing space? The first thing is data analysis, data collection. Ultimately, marketing, obviously depending on the role, but a marketing team, for example, is going to have a revenue number associated with their success. So just like in sales, you have to drive pipeline and you have to bring in customers, right? So you're filling the funnel, right? Being able to speak to that is going to be important. How great are you with data? What are the key data points that you look for? And I learned this actually, like in hindsight, as I thought about my resume, I look at my old resume and I'm like, oh gosh, there's like a lot more stuff I could have said that, that would have been more like marketing speak, right? So data is one thing that's massive, massive, massive in marketing because they're always testing what works and what doesn't work. It's a lot of trial and error. So being able to understand what is working and double down on that and then understand what's not working and say, okay, we're not going to do this anymore is critical. So that's one thing. The other pieces are really going to depend on the type of marketing that you're interested in. So marketing tends to be very technical right? It's how things work. It's how to communicate that in a language that is accessible to people that they can understand. I wouldn't necessarily say it's super creative. Like that's not where I would double down if you're going for a product marketing role. Then there is content marketing. That is where you and your computer are going to be lovers because you are going to be writing. Just head down in the weeds, really thinking about strategy, thinking about content, thinking about what messaging will resonate with your buyers and how you can be creative in communicating that with them. And then you have growth marketing, which I always laugh that my title is growth marketing because I don't really consider myself like a growth marketer. So we're going to lump that with demand gen. And, you know, demand gen is really akin to sales. I mean, that is, are we getting people excited? Are we getting people interested? Are we bringing in those leads? And so that is where I would double down on your business development skills. How do you communicate with people? How you structure your messaging? talking about the funnel, talking about pipeline. The ending thing when you are trying to career pivot is speaking the new language. And that is so important when you go in for those interviews. Using those buzzwords, funnel, pipeline, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. And if you want to get really sexy, you know, you can call it BOFU or whatever crazy stuff marketers say. But once I started to learn these words, again, I thought about my resume and I thought, you know what? I could have said this all a lot differently that probably would have opened a lot more doors. So just be very cognizant of language, you know, and again, take the time to read the job descriptions, have conversations with people in the roles that you want and just ask them, what are you graded on, right? What are your KPIs? What are you trying to achieve? Because what they're trying to achieve is what your future boss cares about. And so if you can speak to how you can fulfill that need or achieve those goals, you're a step ahead because most people who make a career pivot don't even know what they're going to be gold on. So you can show them, listen, I've done my homework. I know what the expectation is. I am eager to exceed that expectation. I think that's solid advice. You've got to know what the problems are on the other side. Someone's going to pay attention to it. You've got to resonate with, with whoever your audience is, right? Just like Definitely. in marketing. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, any other final pieces of wisdom? If I was looking to make a change, sales to marketing that you'd want to throw out there? I would say don't give up. For anyone trying to make any career pivot, you are smart, you are capable, and you can make this pivot. This will most likely not be on 
your timeline, right? And I think that that's something we all have to come to terms with in a job search in general. But if this is something that you truly, truly want, immerse yourself in the community, have those conversations and don't give up. Don't give up. Just just keep applying. Keep meeting with people. New opportunities open all the time. So just because there's not something for you today, right now, in this hour, doesn't mean that in a week, the right thing might not be there. You just never know what's going to come up. Don't sell yourself short. Don't cut yourself short. You have to give it time to happen. And it will. If you are determined, it will happen. That's my interview with Alexis Scott over at Workspan. Relationships matter. Go be a detective. Don't give up. Laser in on what you want to do. Clarity wins interviews. It wins jobs. I highly encourage you to connect with Alexis on LinkedIn. It's Alexis Scott. She's the Senior Manager of Growth Marketing at Workspan. Thanks for joining us today. I'll see you next time on the next episode of Career Talk. And until then, don't forget to go to OptumCareers.com and check out all of our tools for job searching, resumes, interviewing, and more.